Welcome to Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Job chapters 38 and 39 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org plan. The Book of Job, Chapter 38, Introduction At long last, Almighty God himself appears before Job and his companions. But surprisingly, Yahweh offers his audience more questions instead of answers, and in so doing, takes us on a grand tour of creation. As you listen, notice that this account of creation is quite a bit different from the six-day sequence described in Genesis chapter 1, also different from the Garden of Eden narrative described in Genesis chapter 2. It seems Yahweh had been up to quite a lot even before he famously declared, let there be light. In this chapter, God challenges Job. Chapter 38 Then Yahweh answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, for I will question you, then you answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if you have understanding. Who determined its measures, if you know? Or who stretched the line on it? What were its foundations fastened on? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut up the sea with doors when it broke out of the womb? when I made clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, marked out for it my bound, set bars and doors, and said, You may come here, but no further. Your proud waves shall be stopped here. Have you commanded the morning in your days and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and shake the wicked out of it. It is changed as clay under the seal and presented as a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld. The high arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or have you walked in the recesses of the deep have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the earth in its width? Declare, if you know it all. What is the way to the dwelling of light? As for darkness, where is its place that you should take it to its bound? that you should discern the paths to its house. Surely you know, 
for you were born then, and the numbers of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? By what way is the lightning distributed, or the east wind scattered on the earth? Who has cut a channel for the flood water, or the path for the thunderstorm, to cause it to rain on a land where there is no man, on the wilderness in which there is no man, to satisfy the waste and desolate ground, to cause the tender grass to grow? Does the rain have a father? Or who fathers the drops of dew? Whose womb did the ice come out of? Who has given birth to the gray frost of the sky? The waters become hard like stone when the surface of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades or loosen the cords of Orion? Can you lead the constellations out in their season? Or can you guide the bear with her cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you establish its dominion over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that abundance of waters may cover you? Can you send out lightnings that they may go? Do they report to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts? Or who has given understanding to the mind? Who can count the clouds by wisdom? Or who can pour out the containers of the sky when the dust runs into a mass and the clods of earth stick together? Can you hunt the prey for the lioness? Or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait in the thicket? Who provides for the raven his prey? when his young ones cry to God and wander for lack of food. Yahweh's response to Job consists of poetry, metaphor, and prophecy. He begins by comparing his construction of the earth to a carpenter's construction of a building. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Who determined its measures if you know? Or who stretched the line on it? What were its foundations fastened on? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? This poetic metaphor about a cornerstone foundation will be repeated centuries later in the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 28, predicting the advent of Christ. Therefore the Lord Yahweh says, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. He who believes shall not act hastily. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. This 
cornerstone mentioned by Yahweh in both of these prophecies is none other than Jesus Christ, the carpenter, as confirmed in the New Testament in Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 2. You are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, fit together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In the rest of this chapter, Yahweh's line of questioning covers many of nature's mysteries, some of which have already been fulfilled by modern man, and some of which have not yet been fulfilled. For example, can you envision deep-sea diving, modern medicine, and earth science in the following verses? Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or have you walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the earth in its width? Declare if you know it all. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 clearly states God's mission for humanity. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Job might be weary of mankind's relationship with God, but this story is only just getting started. The Book of Job, Chapter 39 Introduction Yahweh continues to remind Job that mankind is still far short of achieving God's original commandment to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He directs our attention to the mountain goat, the wild donkey, the ostrich, and the warhorse, as well as beasts more exotic than these, revealing himself as a tender, expert caretaker of the wild and a true lover of Mother Nature. In this chapter, God speaks of his creation. Chapter 39 Do you know the time when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears fawns? Can you count the months that they fulfill? Or do you know the time when they give birth? They bow themselves, they bear their young, they end their labor pains, their young ones become strong, they grow up in the open field, they go out and don't return again. Who has set the wild donkey free? Or who has loosened the bonds of the swift donkey, whose home I have made the wilderness and the salt land his dwelling place? He scorns the tumult of the city, neither does he hear the shouting of the driver. The range of the mountains is his pasture. He searches after every green thing. Will the wild ox be content to serve you, or will he stay by your feeding trough? Can you hold the wild ox in the furrow with his harness, 
or will he till the valleys after you? Will you trust him because his strength is great, or will you leave to him your labor? Will you confide in him that he will bring home your seed and gather the grain of your threshing floor? The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are they the feathers and plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs on the earth, warms them in the dust, and forgets that the foot may crush them, or that the wild animal may trample them. She deals harshly with her young ones, as if they were not hers. Though her labor is in vain, she is without fear, because God has deprived her of wisdom, neither has he imparted to her understanding. When she lifts herself up on high, she scorns the horse and his rider. Have you given the horse might? Have you clothed his neck with a quivering mane? Have you made him to leap as a locust? The glory of his snorting is awesome. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goes out to meet the armed men. He mocks at fear and is not dismayed. Neither does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the flashing spear and the javelin. He eats up the ground with fierceness and rage. Neither does he stand still at the sound of the trumpet. As often as the trumpet sounds, he snorts, aha. He smells the battle afar off, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. Is it by your wisdom that the hawk soars and stretches her wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On the cliff he dwells and makes his home, on the point of the cliff and the stronghold. From there he spies out the prey. His eyes see it afar off. His young ones also suck up blood. Where the slain are, there he is. God's vision of man, it seems, is quite different from man's vision of himself. While it is probable that Noah, who built the ark, and his sons may have been zookeepers of a sort, we don't see many examples in the Bible of men who make it their aim in life to care for wild animals in remote places. One particularly fascinating example is the beast designated as the wild ox in the World English Bible, translated from the Hebrew Reim. When the Greek-speaking rabbis of the 3rd century BC translated the Old Testament from Hebrew into Greek, they used the word monokeros, which means unicorn. Here's how the same passage sounds in the King James Bible. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee, or abide by thy crib? Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow? Or will he harrow the valleys after thee? Wilt thou trust him because his strength is great? Or wilt thou leave thy labor to him? Could this Reim have been a rhinoceros? Or was it some other 
single-horned beast which has since been lost to extinction. Also interesting is how God describes the warhorse, because mounted cavalry weren't prevalent during the time of Job. The powerful Egyptian empire used horses to pull chariots, but those horses were not large or strong enough to support a mounted archer. But God asks, Have you given the horse might? Have you clothed his neck with a quivering mane? Have you made him to leap as a locust? The quiver rattles against him, the flashing spear and the javelin. With proper breeding and training, man will eventually have given the horse might, but that wouldn't be for several centuries after the death of Job. Yahweh also suggests falconry and the domestication of eagles as additional markers of man's potential mastery over nature, leaving Job and his friends humbled before the majesty of God. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for giving us this awesome and beautiful world to live in. Mother Nature is the perfect companion to Father God and deserves our utmost care and love. Please give us knowledge and wisdom so that we can be the faithful custodians of nature you always intended us to be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates. And join us for our next episode, where we will be reading the thrilling conclusion to the book of Job, chapters 40 to 42, He Who Argues with God. If this is you, please raise your hand. This is Arthur Milliken saying good night and God bless.